dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. One of the hardest parts about leading is making choices. It seems that if you choose one thing, you can't have another. And the perspective of missing out on something can make us afraid. How can we be sure that what we chose is really the best way? Would life be easier if we didn't have to make those decisions at all? I find it fascinating that God forces us to make decisions. It's almost like God isn't afraid of making us choose. How can we as leaders make the best decisions? What's the secret to choosing well? Well, if there's one thing that I know unites all of us who are leading, it's that we want to bring our people towards what is good. Otherwise, of course, you wouldn't be here. You certainly wouldn't be Christian leaders. You wouldn't be trying your best to manage your team, to bring, build up your business. You'd instead be doing what so many people do, just using the system for their own benefit. <laughs> and I'm just laughing about that because, you know, Thomas Aquinas actually defines a tyrant as the person who uses the system for their own benefit. So if you're at, in charge of anything, if you have a house, if you have a family, if you have a, a school setting, whatever it is, wherever you are, you have two choices. You can either use the good that's entrusted to you for your own benefit, or you can serve that good for the benefit of others. And he says the, the first is a tyrant and the second is a king. And the difference is, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ was never a tyrant. And the good that he was entrusted with, he used for the salvation of the world. And that's, of course, what we're supposed to be doing. Now, I just want to point out, of course, it doesn't mean that you can't have a good lifestyle or that you don't have the right to enjoy the certain benefits of status that can come. It just means that the fundamental option of a leader is to look at their leadership as an act of service and to position their talents and their energies in preserving and enhancing the good that they've been entrusted with. That's the fundamental attitude. I am here in order to serve and not the other way around. But then why is it that so few people actually want to lead, right? If it's such a wonderful thing, which of course it is, to bring people to the good, to look at yourself as a servant, to preserve and enhance the common good that's been entrusted to you, well then why is it so hard to find people willing to step up and do that. Well, I think the answer is kind of obvious, actually. is because as soon as you start leading, you have nothing but problems around you all day long. It, it makes me chuckle because I think, you know, what, what a lousy life to be in charge. Because as soon as you're in charge, everything goes to you to solve. And you have one problem after the next after the next. And it, you kind of feel like a boat, right? Like he says, when will the waves stop smashing against the boat? You, you wish that you could just have a smooth ride sailing across the, a glassy sea without any care in the world. And that's what everybody wants. But the fact is, when you look at water, take that as an example, the smooth water comes behind a boat. Meaning that if you have smooth water in your life and you're sailing along, 
with no care in the world, it's probably because someone, some, some other kind of boat went before you and left a smooth wake. Because in fact, life is nothing but wave after wave of challenge and opportunity that come again and again at us. And if we have a smooth wake to sail in, it's thanks to someone else who had to smash those waves. And I think about leaders that as that way all the time. Leaders are just like the fronts of boats. You're designed to make to to rise to the challenges that come your way and to leave behind you the smooth wake of good policy, good workflow, good distribution of charges, equitable disbursement of profits and so forth. Where would our world be if our leaders weren't there to solve the problems that come our way? But that also means, well, then who wants to lead? It'd be so much easier just to let someone else lead and you enjoying the beautiful wake that they leave behind you. It's just that it's also idealistic because in fact, if the world was not in the hands of dedicated Christian leaders, it would be in the hands of people leading by a different philosophy. And that different philosophy will one way or the other be subpar with respect to the vision of humanity that Jesus Christ brings us. As wonderful as people are and as great as different visions might be, there is no vision for humanity as profound, as all-encompassing, and as true as the vision that Christ gives us in the gospel. That's obviously a position of a believer. Well, I am a believer. <laughs> I'm a Catholic priest, and you're a believer too. I mean, what are you believing in if it's not the fullness of the truth, namely the gospel of Jesus Christ? So, so why should I be abashed about that? On the contrary, I say, well, let's put it to a test. Let's see if there is there anyone who understands the human person better than the one who created the human person to begin with. The answer is no, of course not. I mean, God who made us knows what we should do, what we shouldn't do, knows our weaknesses. He knows everything about us intimately. Why wouldn't I listen to his advice when it comes to how to manage my people or what a human, the human enterprise is supposed to be anyway? I mean, what's the perspective we're supposed to have towards our businesses? I mean, God's the one who's going to know. And would anyone know us better than the one who redeemed us from our own sinfulness by carrying us like a shepherd carries his sheep on his shoulders as he takes all of us in our sinfulness onto himself on the cross? No, of course not. Jesus Christ is going to know us the best because he suffered for us in his own flesh. Now, obviously, it's a mystery. Obviously, this is stuff you can't prove. We don't need to prove it. We know it. It has been revealed to us in the gospel, and this is the message that we preach. It's a vision and a way forward for our society, for our world, for our marriages, our families, for our kids, that comes directly from the God who made us and redeemed us, and if you're going to have a philosophy playing around in your head about this guiding you towards the decisions you need to make and guiding you in the path of, of your life as a professional and as a family leader, well, this is the philosophy that's going to be the best. It's the one that comes from God himself. And that's why we at the St. John Leadership Network are just convinced that there's no one who's going to be a better teacher, a better nurse, a better grocery clerk, a better carpenter, a better entrepreneur than someone who's inspired by that vision. Because not only will they put themselves to, the, to their work with, with uh, grit and determination to make it happen, 
Why? Because they've been sent there by God and they have that firm conviction to give their utmost to his highest. But on the other hand, because the vision that they take towards genuine advancement and the purpose behind everything that they do comes in alignment with the God who created and redeemed them and is in perfect harmony with his truth. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I think this is exactly what the church needs to be doing. We want to help inform you, the leaders in the world, about the way that the king of this world, Jesus Christ, would like for you to lead it in his name. <laughs> it's great. Let me just put it to you this way. When you make faith private, you make atheism public. There is no neutrality when it comes to ideas. The human person is wired to make decisions based upon philosophies that guide their practical choices. So what is the philosophy that's guiding the practical choices in our world? The choices around energy, the choices around economy, the choices around how to educate children. All these things are being decided based upon what? I want them to be decided based upon the gospel of Christ. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Every once in a while, people will say, oh, well, I don't want to impose my faith. And I say, you're right. The church never imposes, but the church always proposes. Because if you're not proposing your faith, you're letting all the other philosophies of the world propose their faith or their credence or their doctrines and everything else will pale in comparison with the beauty of what the gospel proposes for us. And so for me to make myself an agent of the proposition of the gospel is actually to do a terrific service to lifting up a world that otherwise would be led by some other vision or some other proposition which would not be as great, as profound, as true, and as sure as the beautiful proposition of Jesus Christ. And that's why I need to lead. That's why I need you to lead so that we can take care of this common good, this organization of the world in the best way possible by serving through it the genuine advancement of every single member of our world. I think it's exciting and exhilarating. The only downside <laughs> is that if you're going to lead, even if you're leading in the name of Christ, you're going to have to face problems. And that's what I want to help you with today. Are you a young adult between the ages of 23 and 35 and wondering what God is calling you to do next? Do you have a desire or vision that you just can't seem to complete? Then come to the Rise Above Retreat, October 30th through November 5th in Denver. For more information, visit www.daregreatthings.org slash riseabove. Leading based upon your Christian faith is a terrific opportunity, right? It's an opportunity because you get to bring the power of the gospel effectively into your workplace, your management team, your companies, into your offices. I mean, it's amazing. And through those offices, you get to impact our world in incredibly powerful ways. I was thinking about lawyers the other day, you know, and, and the, the influence that a lawyer has by not only in a case, but in the whole way the society works. I mean, law is all about justice and justice is the backbone that keeps a world together. And so the, the, if you looked at what you do as a lawyer, just as what you do as a doctor, just as what you do as a police officer, it doesn't really matter. But when you see what you're doing as a gift 
that is being incorporated into the general society, you can understand that the quality of your work has a direct impact on the quality of our world. We, the worst thing you could do is say that what you do for half of your waking hours, just think about that, in the office place is insignificant. If you think what you're doing for half of the waking hours of your life is insignificant, then you need to find a new job. Because either that or change your attitude foundationally to start to see the value in what you do in the lives of others. Taking stock of the value will help you to claim your leadership from the inside. Now, the thing is, once you do that, you've got nothing but problems. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm laughing about it because it sounds so negative. But I, I'm thinking of a quote from Pope Gregory the Great that I keep up on my wall uh, in, in my office. He says, what else is it to be at the pinnacle of power if not to find oneself in a mental storm? I think that's really great. What else is it to be at the pinnacle of power if not to find oneself in a mental storm? And you're like, my gosh, why is it a mental storm? It's a mental storm because you've got to solve day in and day out the problems that come your way. Like a boat, you're smashing wave after wave. Well, I want you to keep this in mind. The real problem is not that you have problems, okay? The real problem is that you have problems with having problems. You're, you're going to have problems all day long, especially if you're leading. Problems are the playing field for leadership. This is, in other words, why you exist. People gave you the, the power that you have and the social position that you have in order that you use it to make their lives better. Which means making their lives better means that you're going to have to make decision after decision after decision about how to approach and use the power, the influence, the goods that have been given to you to make the biggest impact for the people behind you. Again, what a blessed position. Let me just say that. What an advantage you have. I really, this is why I wish that Christians had more power and that they used their Christianity more effectively because someone's always going to be in charge, I would much rather have a follower of Jesus Christ be in charge of the world than to let the world be in the hands of anyone else. Right? The follower of Jesus Christ will bring the, his message and his truth into such beautiful ways in our world. And this, this is what you do in the, the little harvest field called your home, the way that you decorate, the way that you clean, the way that you host people, the way that you rear your children, that's incredibly powerful. And you take that into the schools, you take that into the hospitals, it's amazing. And that means that instead of looking at all the problems that come your way as a reason for you to quit, look at every problem that comes your way as a reason for you to stay. I am here, in other words, because every one of those problems is an opportunity for me to bring the redemptive power of Jesus Christ really and concretely into the fabric of my world. Think about it this way. What, what causes a problem? Well, there's either two sources to a problem. Either it's just the indetermination of matter or the indetermined state of history, meaning that this is a pushing forward into the unknown, or it's a wrinkle that's developed because of sin in our world, ultimately, uh, that has, has moved things off of the track or the way that they should be. Well, for both of those cases, a Christian leader is an ideal solution. 
Because if it's a question of, hey, look, the world is not yet at its complete state, we go all the way back to Adam in Genesis chapter 1, and we say, well, that's why God put Adam into the garden. It was to till the earth and to keep it. In other words, to continue God's creative power by bringing this world into a more perfect state. He makes the Garden of Eden in conjunction with God. God creates it, and Adam takes care of it. Well, that's what we're doing for the world. And if it's a wrinkle that's developed and things are not the way that they should be, well, this is exactly what the Savior, Jesus Christ, what he came into the world in order to do, to bring God's grace and God's truth as the guiding line to then apply and correct deviant behaviors or things that aren't the way that they should be. And in both of those cases, that's what I get to do when I lead, which is that problem. Having problems is not a problem. Having problems with having problems is the most fundamental problem that we have. And instead of running away from the difficulties and the mental storms, right, that will afflict each one of us as a leader, what an opportunity for us instead to say, that's exactly where I meet God and that's where I bring God into my world. Would you like to start your Thursday mornings with a scriptural leadership lesson? Join the St. John Leadership Network where Father Nathan hosts a 30-minute call at 6.30 a.m. in all four U.S. time zones. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash member and join for free today. So we've gone over the fact that leadership is a question of solving problems, right? And solving problems with Christ and in the guidance and in the truth of God, the creator of the world. This is a great thing to do. And I'd just like to say, yes, it definitely is a great thing to do. What does it require from us, though, as a leader? It requires that we make choices. Just saying that fills a lot of you with inner dread. I just know. Because making choices is almost like making yourself. A, a, a man becomes what he chooses. When you choose again and again any activity, you end up becoming, pushing yourself and your identity to follow that choice. But for some reason, probably tied to our, the rise of the virtual world, right, and, and video games and things like that, we are terrified of becoming something. Now, obviously, this is not a universal problem. There are many cultures and many people who don't really have a problem with this. But when it does afflict someone, it's a powerful vice grip that says, if you make a choice towards the left, you, you won't be able to go to the right. And if you go to the right, you won't be able to go to the left. And so it's better to simply stay at the crossroads and cry <laughs> or pretend that the crossroads is the destination than to take that harrowing and scary move of determining the pathway you're going to walk on. Choice implies risk. It implies the risk of missing out. <laughs> and, and missing out can be a grievous thing, especially if you think about the different uh, risks that can come as a consequence of your choice down the road. But you know, the funny thing is, if you don't make a choice, that's also making a choice. And that can really help. Because instead of saying, oh, the real problem that I have is that I have to choose, I can say, actually, I have to choose no matter what. Making choices is, an, is part of the fabric of life. And then you can sit back and say, isn't that funny? Like, why wouldn't God just say, you get to be everything? 
No matter what you do, you can just do what you want and all will be well for you. That would make life so much easier because then we wouldn't have to choose. We wouldn't have to select. There would be no decisions. There'd be no bad consequences. There'd be no risk. I wonder why God doesn't do that. Well, then again, I guess I don't really wonder because if we had everything, we would be God. As part of being a creature, we only have part of reality, which means my real question is not, can I have it all? The answer is no, I can't have it all. The real question is, can I have myself? Can I become the best person that I possibly can be? What is the secret to me truly finding my happiness, meaning finding my fulfillment? And the secret is going to be, I will find that fulfillment when I give myself in a genuine gift of myself. Meaning the more that I live in accordance with the dignity and the identity, the name that he's given me deep inside, the more that my choices align, my what and my how aligns with my who and my why, the more I can bring those questions together, the more that my life will be impactful and the happier I will be. Instead, in other words, of running away from decisions because they are by nature limiting, right? If I go left, I can't go right. If I go right, I can't go left, right? We need to embrace that as an opportunity for us to find ourselves. By making choices, I make me, right? So that's obviously not totally correct, but you get the point of what I'm trying to say. I get to become what I choose. My actions flow from who I am and my actions flow back to define who I am. This means that making choices is the glory of a human being. And as a leader, I get to make those choices continuously. There's even that, that the phenomenon of decision fatigue that can come in with, along with leadership. And I can totally understand it because we're just not used to doing that. But if we can settle into making decisions and making choices and making them well, we'll find a pathway where we're able to bring the influence of God effectively towards our people, our families, and our world. And by so doing, we find a pathway of becoming a saint. God forces us to make decisions because it's good for us. And it allows us that glorious dependency on his will and to walk in faith, confident and trusting in God's providential care for us. And I, I really want to develop that with you, this concept of God's providential care, because there's a fear deep down in many of our hearts that says that if I, I can screw up God's plan, basically, and that somehow or other, if I choose the wrong thing, I will foil God's designs for the world. And that's certainly something none of us want to do. So instead of making decisions, confident that God can redirect, that God can find a way through, we oftentimes choose to make no choice at all. And sometimes, of course, that's good. I'm not saying you have to brashly go forward in life simply making decisions. Decisions are serious. They have consequences. We need to weigh out those consequences. We need to be as responsible as we can be. I'm saying, though, that sometimes you have to make these decisions or you need to make them as part of your state in life. And you should not be afraid that somehow or other, your choices are going to be too big for God to handle. This is the doctrine that we call providence. 
Providence, it comes from the Latin word providere. Pro means ahead or forward, and videre means to see. So it's literally foresight, right? And the idea is that God has foresight. He has perfect foresight. He looks ahead and he sees what we will do, knows what we will do in our own freedom, and then provides to make whatever we decided to do capable of coming back to glorifying him and to serving the good. And this can be astounding. You could say there's no way that God's providence could extend to this or to this or to this decision. And answer is no, his providence does. He already knows, in other words, what we have decided. But he wants us to decide. He wants us to carry the consequences of our decision because through that, we come to meet him. The idea that God is distant and aloof careless towards the humanity that has to somehow or other find its way back to him is not a Christian notion. Christianity holds that God is a tender father who knows and provides, foresees, looks ahead for his children in every circumstance. This means that the decisions that are in front of you today are actually opportunities for you to depend upon God and to trust in him. Do I sell my house for at a lower market rate or do I wait for the market to go up? Do I go forward with this lawsuit in order to defend my rights or do I just demur and settle out of court? Do I hire for this new position and risk expanding my business beyond its budget or do I wait? All those things that are really profound questions for us, all of them are opportunities for us to trust in God. We have to make the decisions that are the best. Using our intellect, taking counsel, sitting down and and thinking things through, looking to see if we can, you know, bear the consequences on either side, being responsible, but being fearful of making those decisions. This is not from God. Remember what we said. The leader's glory is to bring God and his truth into every situation that they've been given in order to make the world a better place for those who receive the consequences of their leadership. Well, that means that we need to lead. And leading means facing problems. And facing problems means making decisions. And that's where the trust comes in, our beautiful and incredible trust in God. He can write straight with crooked lines. If he's going to make the first pope out of a fisherman (laughs) and make some of the greatest apostles out of the greatest sinners... He certainly also can work with the decisions that you have to make. So trusting in him, let us make those decisions every day, confident, trusting, wise, and intrepid. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.